This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author, fanatical prospecting, objections, sales EQ, and inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode with me is Brandon Bornanson, who is the CEO and founder of Seamless and a best-selling author. Now, Brandon is also going to be joining me at the Outbound Conference, where he'll be taking the stage to talk about whatever it takes. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. But before we start talking about whatever it takes, what I want you to do is go to outboundconference.com. That's outboundconference.com and check it out. Pick up your ticket to the biggest, baddest rock show on earth that's also sponsored by Seamless. AI, which is Brandon's company. So Brandon, welcome to the Sales Gravy hey, Podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, it's an honor. I'm grateful. You know, you and many of the speakers, Anthony Narino, Victor Antonio, Meredith Powell, uh, Amy Franco, a lot of these sales experts at the conference have been mentors. That's how I became a best-selling author. That's how I helped scale a company to almost hundred million and beat Mark Benioff zero to hundred in five years. This show, if you're, you gotta buy your tickets, go to the conference today, get it. We're almost sold out. This thing's gonna be sold out soon. So you gotta go to outboundconference.com, pick up your tickets and can't wait to see you. So let's talk about this book that you wrote, because every time I go to Amazon to check out the rankings on my book, um, you're nipping at my heels and some days you're beating me. And uh, and just like Anthony, I'll tell you that there's like nothing that pisses me off in the world when there's somebody beating me on the rankings. And then I'm like, I having to send emails, to get my book back up. And this is the guy who wrote. He's got the, the forward or what do they call those at the top? Yeah. Jeb's got the, the damn header on my book. That's, saying it's one that's of the, the best. only thing that keeps you from hating you. Yeah, there we go. There. So, but let's talk about this book and let's yeah. talk about where it came from. And, uh, and I love the title, Whatever It Takes. Mm. And so just walk us through the, the idea behind the book to begin with. Yep. And, um, and, and the philosophy and, and like, just why did you write this book? Yeah. So, uh, it, like, I think this was just something that I've had in, in my core, like since growing up, like grew up poor, had to do whatever it takes to, to make money, to pay the bills, then went to school and launched a few companies doing whatever it takes to make those successful. And one became a huge $12 million success when I was a freshman, sophomore, junior. Another one, I did whatever it took and I lost 4 million. And then you got to do whatever it takes to go from broke back to success again. And then I was selling for IBM and Google, doing whatever it takes to crush my sales numbers. And then, you know, noticed I was losing a ton of money because of list building and sales leads. So built seamless and did whatever it takes to build this technology to automate selling. And now, you know, we help 500,000 sales teams and 50,000 plus customers and we're worth over a billion dollars. It's crazy. And all of everything I've like experienced failure it was because I didn't do whatever it takes success. It was because I did whatever it takes. And, um, the governor, March, I, I'm from Ohio. And for any of you that know about Ohio, uh, typically they're made fun. Of, Ohio is the only state made fun of in any movie that talks about any state. I think it's because they think everyone is a corn farmer or whatever. I, I don't really understand it. Anytime I meet someone, they're like, hey, are you a corn farmer? I'm like, no, I'm a tech entrepreneur. Uh, they're like, wow, they've got technology in Ohio. I'm like, absolutely. But uh, being from Ohio and, and doing what we were doing, it's all about just doing whatever it takes to get to where we want to go. And um, I wrote the book because the governor shut down the state in March for COVID. 2020. 2020, March. Like literally, I remember Danielle, who's uh, my business partner, my wife, and she's the COO of Seamless.ai. We're sitting down. We see the governor on the news. It's 8 p.m. He's shutting down the whole, the whole state. All, my whole team is in Ohio. And we're at my dinner table you know, she cooked up, she's an amazing whole food plant powered chef. She cooked up something incredible. We're sitting there, we're like freaking out. We're like, holy shit, this could take down the entire company. This could take down the entire economy. And we just started brainstorming, okay, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do whatever it takes to be successful? And we started brainstorming strategies and we had an emergency meeting with our company and we told them, hey, you're gonna have to embrace the pain and put in 300, 500% the amount of work that you did before the economy is gonna shut down. And people will tell you COVID will only last three months, six months. We're like, it's gonna last three years because we always want everyone to do whatever it takes and you don't do whatever it takes if you underestimate 
what is required, the amount of work required to be successful. And then the other idea we had at that dinner table, thinking about how we're gonna save our company during this difficult time, was I have to train all of my employees. How do I coach and train all my employees to develop the habits and the mindsets and the belief principles to success during a recession? Because 10 years earlier, I started two companies during the financial crisis of the mortgage industry. So I know it's a, it's terrible, it's impossible, and you gotta go all out every day of the week to be successful. So I wrote whatever it takes and all the success secrets that I've learned from people like you, from all of the top entrepreneurs, salespeople, marketers, and everything that I've learned just building multiple companies and selling hundreds of millions of dollars in sales deals and put it in that book as a quick read. Every day you can read a new secret to success. And luckily, it's been a, a bestseller, mainly because of Jab. Thank you so much. Ah. So I think that there's, I think there's a lesson in this because a lot of people hit that wall in 2020. You also hit the wall back in you know 2007, 2008. Yeah. And so both of those were, you know, for me personally, were also these sort of um, watershed moments or um, level up moments, mo moments for me. But you know, probably the the biggest thing for me was in 2007, 2008. Um, for the first time in my life, I wasn't really prepared for the recession that hit us and it hit us so hard. Now, I wasn't in, you know, in a situation a lot of people were in where they, you know, they just lost everything. Yeah. But my I was, father lost everything. It was terrible. I had friends who just like everything was evaporated. A lot of those people were, were making some, some bad decisions with their money at the time. Big bets. But, you know, the, but what it taught me was, um, winter's coming. Like there, it's, mm. it's, there's going to be a problem. So you got to be prepared when that happens to, to be able to pivot fast. And so when we got to 2020, we were already ready. I mean, we were prepared for it, but we had to do exactly what you said. We had to stop everything we were doing. I remember, you know, my wife's my company CFO and, and my first question was, you know, what is our payroll burn yeah, and, what's our dry you know, powder, and how what's long, the burn? like how long do we have? And she was like, we got three years. Don't, don't even worry about oh. it. And I was like, okay, it's great. Because then we knew that we could relax on that. And, uh, and then it was, okay, well, what are we going to do? And what is it like, like you said, whatever, whatever it takes. And I think that that's sort of that mentality of, um, it's uh, Anthony's and Reno's this is all the time. It's the rain barrel versus the rainmaker mentality, right? So the rain barrel looks at all this stuff happening and go, who's going to save me? And the rain, the rainmaker says, you know what? I'm looking around here. I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think that's, I think that's a critical mindset, especially for people in the sales profession to have is that, it's like you said, I'm, I'm, it doesn't make a difference what's going to happen. It's whatever it takes. But doesn't that require that like a whatever it takes mindset require you to have faith in yourself that that it's going to be hard. It's going to be a grind, but you've got what it takes inside of you to pull it out. You'll find a way if you're willing to go through that pain. Yeah, 100 percent. I, I think good times create bad salespeople, entrepreneurs and marketers. I think bad times create great, unstoppable teams, salespeople, marketers, and entrepreneurs. And uh, that's why I'm most excited about this recession coming, because if you've studied and you've mastered the habits in whatever it takes, and you know to be positive, coachable, hardworking, do whatever it takes, pay the experts to give you the clues to success, put in way more work than what is anticipated. A lot of these principles in the book, you know, no bad experience, no bad length of time will ever slow you down. And uh, anyone can learn it. Anyone can do it. It's just, uh, you got to have an open mindset and you got to really believe that every single thing that you face is an opportunity. And uh, I know like one of the ways that I've done this is I, I know how much time I have left till I live. Right. I'm like the average person lives till they're 79. I know I've got X amount of days left. So like every hour, every second, I'm trying to squeeze because like life is short and we got to go all out to impact and serve as many people as possible. And the more that we serve other people, the more that we will get what we want in life. And uh, anyone can do whatever it takes to be successful. So how do you find that focal point when, you know, everything seems to be hitting the fan mm -hmm. and it feels like you're, you know, you're losing, you're in trouble. 
Um, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you just lost a deal. Maybe you're, you know, you're making outbound calls to your, you know, your prospects and they're all telling you, well, we're not buying right now yeah. or whatever. Um, so, you know, internally, I think you have to have faith in yourself that you can find a way. For me personally, sales has always been that, that, uh, that mechanism for me. No matter whatever happened, I knew I could sell my way out of it. I mean, yeah. I don't care what it is. I if I that. lose everything tomorrow, I can start over again because I can go out and close business because I'm not afraid to prospect. Yeah. But there's Smart. also that, that external thing that you've got to be looking at because it's, you know, we, I, I think, you know, you're, you're a different type of personality, but we just don't gloss over the fact that sometime when everything's going to awry in your life and you got a family and you got people that count on you, um, it's easy to go back into that rain barrel mentality or to go back into that, you know, thinking about what I've lost, mm -hmm. right. In the, in that moment, how do you like get that focus where you can see over the horizon and get that the work that you're doing now, right? The, 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 the things that you're sacrificing for in this moment, the grind, the pain mm -hmm. is going to get you to that place. How do you get that focus? Yeah, I, I think it, it starts. So, so I've got really five pillars to success that will take you out of any bad situation into a good situation. The first step, the first pillar is mindset. Um, I set massive goals and I write my goals down three times a day, one at 5 a.m., one at 12, and then one at 5 p.m. So right away, my intention, I wake up at 4 a.m., just like Anthony Norino does, and I right away, I write down my goals, and then I, I read for an hour, I write for an hour, I prospect for an hour. Like if, if I could wake up at 4 a.m. and do a bunch of work till noon, I, by noon, I already put in a full day's worth of work. And uh, when, when you're writing down your goals repetitively, I believe you're manifesting your fate. Like you're telling yourself, hey, I'm going to achieve this. And when you keep writing it down, you're like, you start thinking about what are you going to do? What are you going to change in your habits, your network? Since your network is your net worth, how are you going to change your network? How are you going to change your actions Actions create results. It's not thinking more. Like thinking doesn't solve anything if you're not taking action. And I believe that mindset is the first key pillar. So once you say, like one of the goals I write down is 100 million ARR in IPO. I write it down every day. I've been writing it down for three years. You know, you could feel like you're getting sick of writing the same thing down, but you just got to stay focused on it. Another one is a million people in Presidents Club, which for us is our, our special Presidents Club award that we ship to you when you make over a million dollars in sales. And then others like uh, number one, best places to work for 50 years in a row. I want to help all of our employees achieve financial freedom. Uh, you know, just these different goals. Number one husband in the world, which my wife, Danielle, would say I'm very, very far from achieving right now, but I'm always working every day. Uh, so mindset is the first pillar. And then I believe. So, let me stop you here. So, so you don't just write down your goals mm -hmm. and set them and forget them. You go back to those goals every single day and reaffirm those goals in writing every single day? Yeah, I break down these, these big goals into daily actions. So if, if my goal is 100 million in annual recurring revenue, how many leads do I need a day? How many appointments do I need a day? How many sales do I need a day? What is my customer retention that I need a day? So I know down to the dollar in the day with predictability, what do I need to do? Because if it's worth doing, it should be worth doing every day, I believe. And you can't get anywhere without the map to get there. So if I set this big goal and then I don't configure an action plan, I'm never going to achieve it. So if it's like 100 million, okay, well, how do I got to do that? All right, I need leads, appointments, sales, salespeople, marketers. Okay, boom, you figure it out. And then every day when you wake up and you're writing down your goals, you think about the action plan every day that you need to hit to achieve that. And you know, during COVID, we were able to grow 300% one year, 500% another year, because it's just doing whatever it takes, setting these goals and having the right mindset across every single person in your network. And really, if you're doing whatever it takes tied to maximizing your customer's results, like you got to have a big vision and purpose and mission to help, cha help change a lot of people's lives. And when you combine those things, you can do anything during any difficult time, during any great time. Perfect. Pillar number two. Pillar number two is the list. So the my first company that I that I built in college that did twelve million dollars, I I built a list of all the college students, and I was selling online poker. So I would market full, for full tilt poker, poker stars, uh, party poker. 
I built a list. I went to uh, basically like the original Facebooks where you would go into your dorm website and you'd see everyone's face. Well, I, I figured out a way how to crawl it and scrape it. And I put it into an email list. I mass emailed, hey, join Party Poker. I'll give you 50 bucks. They signed up. I would make $100. And then I just kept building these lists, emailing the list. They would sign up. And I'd I went from making $1,000 a day to $10,000 to $100,000. And then it turned into $12 million. My second company in mobile, when I was 22, failed because it was B2B text message marketing. And I didn't have the list of the people which were B2B marketers at Fortune 500 companies to sell to. So I wasted three and a half years of my life, $4 million. And, and then when that company failed, I lost everything I, I owned during the, uh, the financial mortgage crisis of 2007 to 2009. I did a post-mortem. I'm like, why the hell did this one company do well and this one company fail? And it was because I didn't have the list. So then when I went and sold for IBM, the first thing I said was I got to build the list. So then I go and buy these expensive multi-million dollar sales databases you know, these salespeople, they promise you the world. You get into them. They say, we're going to have a million people. And then you log in. You got a thousand people to sell to. And uh, then you got bounced emails and phone numbers. I'm like, shit, this is bad. Um, so then I built our own search engine, which is seamless to find everyone they need to sell to. And then I was able to become a, a multimillionaire in sales selling and realized right when that my life changed, it was like, hey, I want to help every salesperson in the world build the list, sell to the list, because we fundamentally believe the life that you want, the family that you want, the freedom that you want, is gonna be created by the list that you sell to. The only way to sell that list is with seamless. You can't sell anything to anyone without the list. And that's, you know, the, a, a key tenet in fanatical prospecting is better list, better outcome. Yeah. And you know, when I'm sitting in front of salespeople, I was with a group of salespeople last week. We're sitting there having a conversation. We were running phone blocks, which they don't like because I make them do it on the spot. And Love one that. person has a great experience, the other person had a bad experience. And I'm like, you know, you, you had time to build the list, one person built a great list. One person built a poor list. Better list, better outcome. And 100%. if you just if you if you think about that from a selling standpoint, and is especially when you're using a tool like Seamless, you have to also think that all those prospecting touches make your list better. Yeah. So every time you touch someone, you become more familiar to them, which means they're more likely to engage. Plus, you gather all the little pieces of information, this jigsaw, and you put it all together. And a lot of salespeople don't get that. Pillar number three. Yeah. Pillar number three is scripts. So now that you've got the list, you need the scripts. What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? Uh, a lot of salespeople, and, and I was like this. So I was this salesperson selling for IBM. Okay. I got to send an email. What do I say? And then, okay, I got to reach out to this person. What do I say? Oh, I got to reach out to this person. What do I say? And I kept recreating these different ways of what I needed to say. And then anytime I was pitching, one prospect would be like, I'm not interested. No budget. It's too expensive. I already worked with someone. Send me more information. What's your guarantee? Call me back later. I'm not the right person. I have no budget. It's too expensive. You know, call my wife, call my partner. Now's not a good time. Hit me back later. And, and what I, I, I kept losing these deals. Like I was winning a lot of deals, but I realized I didn't have consistency, predictability, scalability, repeatability, because they just kept coming up with what to say on the spot. So I believe... The, the, the pillar, the third pillar is you have to have all of the scripts ideally in advance for, for your personas and for the sales objections. There's only 10 yeah. to 15 sales objections. And you got to have it for sales objections. We teach a, um, a, a framework called um, LDA, Ledge, Disrupt, and Ask, which is the ledge is just something that you memorize that you say every single time mm -hmm. to calm your mind because you always know exactly what to say after the objection happens, right? And you get shut down. You go back and you go... If I just said this, I would have gotten through. And then the disrupt statement is something that you're saying that they're not expecting. Um, so you don't sound like a sales rep. But if you don't have that memorized, mm. it's impossible to pull it off because in a, on a prospecting call in particular, uh, you're basically, you're in, if you're doing it right, you're getting to yes, no, or maybe in about 30 seconds. Fast. So you're talking about like, you know, verbal judo at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So if you don't have the script, your emotions take over and then you go, oh, and yeah. you get shut down um, and, then, and then you get off the phone and you're, and you feel like about this small mm -hmm. and then you decide, I don't want to do that anymore. 
So then you just hammer people with emails instead of actually having a synchronous conversation. So I'm totally uh, there with you. I think that having the scripts, writing the scripts, and if you think about it, in, in most cases, and I do this exercise, Brandon, with uh, sales teams, I'll, I'll send them out on a, like a workout and I go, I want you to make a list of every single objection that you can 100%. possibly get. It's genius. Mind the, map all the objections. Yeah, they'll come out with 14 of them. And then- There's only like 15 total max. Total. And, and you I'm only like, hit like three to five. And you're 80% of the time. 80% of the time, three so to five. So if you know exactly what to say, then you mm-hmm. can handle those. So for example, for me, like if someone says I'm busy, I go, that's exactly what I call Brandon because I figured you would be busy. And all I want to do is find time that's more convenient for you. How about Thursday at two? 70% probability I'm going to get the appointment mm-hmm. if I do that. And, I'm, and that. I look at every single one of those scripts based on that probability. What's the probability? I've got some that are a 30% probability, but if they tell me this, this is probably what I'm going to say. I got yep. some like that that are 70. I've got a couple that are 80, yep. um, some that are 50. But if you understand the probability on the script and you're also paying attention, then you can free your mind to pay attention to the, to the tone, to the pace, to the way that they said it. So uh, Mike Weinberg's got one that just like totally works. And it's, it's almost like, and I call him Obi-Wan Weinberg, but it's like a Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Weinberg. But, but he'll say, like, the person will say, you know, we're really not interested. And he'll say, that's okay, let's meet anyway. And if you, if you get the person with the right tone of voice when they say that, it's almost got a 100% probability that's of getting strong. you the meeting. Because the person is so freaking stunned that you actually said that yeah. to them. It was just a brush off. Because so, mostly people don't think to even throw that out no. there. But I also think that, you know, there's word patterns. So, like... Like you said, you're doing a pitch, there's word patterns. If people come to you with this, they ask this question, there's a word pattern. And what smart people do is they start paying attention to those word patterns. And what you said was that what you recognize is that you were doing what a lot of salespeople do is they treat every objection like it's something random that happened or every question or every situation. And it's not random. It's a pattern. Yeah. I mean, these are recurring patterns over and over again. And and what's the greatest part about really memorizing and knowing what to say and when to say it is so that you can actually listen to the prospect. Where are they at today? Where are they dying to get to? And then how can you help them go from their current state to their desired dream state? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it's all about. We're here to help them go from where they're at today to where they want to go. They either want to eliminate pain or accomplish their greatest Mm -hmm. desires. Most people will remove pain first. You know, if you're hyper uh, motivated, you'll go for the desire. I'm a desire type of person. Um, Unless it's like a toothache, you want to get rid of that pain insanely fast. But the reason why I love the memorization and the studying and the practicing of scripts is you can actually listen to people instead of thinking about what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? Exactly. Well, and if you're listening, you're organic. And if you're organic, then you are paying attention. We call it dual process, but it's the ability to be focused on the outcome. Here's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, be able yep. to stand in their shoes and be empathetic and listen. Because you said something brilliant here, and I want to come back and replay this, because this is not what you hear out of the mouths of so many sales trainers. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in fact, over the last couple of weeks, I've heard this said three or four times, where there's no pain, there's no sell. And I personally think that is complete hogwash, mm-hmm. because you're exactly right right. People move away from pain. There's no doubt that is, that is purely human. Yep. Uh, I train horses. Horses move away from pressure, right? So if there's, if there's pressure, a horse will keep moving until you eliminate the pressure and then the horse will rest. Basic thing for horses. But that's not the only reason why people buy. They buy because they have aspirations. They buy because mm-hmm. they see opportunity. They buy because there's opportunity that they couldn't see until yeah. you were able to ask a question in the moment organically that provoked awareness that that possibility existed for them. I think about how many times as an entrepreneur that I end up buying something because someone helps me see bigger mm-hmm. than I'm currently viewing the world. Oh, yeah. So I think that I think that when salespeople are walking in and they're just looking for pain, for First of all, I think it makes you look like every other salesperson out there, but it also, it makes you, it makes you so much more transactional yeah. than to really think about what is this, where do they want to go? And I, what I, my, my term for it is a value bridge, right? The, here's where they are. Here's where we want to go. My job is to connect the dots using their language, not my language. The mm-hmm. only way that I can do that is if I'm in the moment or organically paying attention to the conversation, yeah. not thinking about the next thing I'm going to say or ask. Um, but I'm actually with that person. That's when, to me, magic happens and there's complete serendipity. Yeah, I love the the phrase, or st- like the value bridge, mm-hmm. the, the uh, just what value can you deliver? What strategies, what secrets, 
what recommendations to take them from where they're at to where they need to go. And honestly, there's so many deals. Like we've sold thousands of customers that were happy. Like they weren't on the market. They weren't looking, they didn't have pain. People don't know what they don't know. Like, and then you meet these experts that can show them how to grow faster, get Mm -hmm. smarter, get better, eliminate time, remove, you know, any friction out of the equation to get to where they want to go. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. Well, that's it's funny because I'm telling people this all the time. Like everybody's happy. I just go into every conversation figuring they're happy. My job is to make them unhappy. Yeah. If I, if I let every person who said, oh, I'm happy right now, mm-hmm. you know, walk me out the door, I would have never sold anything. Yep. It's, it's, it's getting past the, the I'm happy brush off and moving into. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm not we're interested. Good. We're not interested. Yeah, right? yeah, I already knew that. Right. Like, so you would have called me. So the 100 people that walked away when they got that, the one person who hung in there, had the script, knew what to say, was listening to what they were actually saying behind the words, and then turned that around and got in the door. That was the person who closed the million-dollar deal that made their year. 100%. Challenged them, get them excited, you know, propose something that makes them be like, well, what do you mean? Like. What do you mean you can help me do that? Like, oh, well, I've got this one tactic that your competitor is using to flood the calendar with back-to-back appointments yep. on the hour every hour, which predictability down to the dollar in the day. And you could use it and you could swipe this strategy in 10 minutes or less for free. I just need two minutes. They'll be like, what? Yeah. Okay, sure. Shoot. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Very good. Um, pillar number four you're going to love. All right. So pillar number four is training. I am, uh, this is a philosophy to whatever it takes. So, so our core values at Seamless.ai and why it's the number one best places to work, uh, tech company of the year, LinkedIn, top startups, all this chat, all the awards, which are accolades that we earned for delivering for our customers, you know, the 500,000 teams that use it. But our core values that the, the employees leverage is positivity, coachability, hard work, whatever it takes. If you don't exude those four core values, you're out of the company. You can't, I can't be around you. And the coachability part is training. Like coachability just means you have an open mind and you're hungry to improve. Our philosophy is at least 1% a day. If you improve 1% a day over the course of a year, you will get 37X the results. So that means if I'm a sales rep making 100K, I improve 1% a day for the whole year, I'm worth $3.7 million. And if all we did was just improve 1% a little bit every single day, well, one of the best ways to improve 1% a day, besides the mindset, besides the list, besides the scripts, is you have to be training every single day of the week. We have, our company, we train so much. We've got 30 minutes of training right when you get up. We've got 30 minutes of role playing. We've got an afternoon training session. We've got a call recording team coaching call training I think we invest, you know, it could be crazy, about two to two and a half hours of training for all of our reps every day because it is so critical. I personally read every day for an hour. I hurry, I believe training is so important that I hired the Guinness Book of World Records to train me how to speed read so I could read a book a day on the biggest problem that I'm trying to solve. And uh, it, it's crazy to me you know, that phrase or quote, what if you invest in your people and they leave or whatever? Like, I just think like, if you're, you got to do whatever it takes to be successful. That means doing whatever it takes to make your people successful, invest in anything and everything that makes them successful. The training, the tech, the lists, whatever it takes to get them everything they need, or else you're at a complete disadvantage to companies like mine, where we're going all in to get you everything you need. And Training is like, if you're always training and always developing, you will never lose. But in that, if you think about a whatever it takes mindset, you know, the first step is be willing, you you use the word open, but you have to be willing to be open to to step into the crucible Mm -hmm. of adversity because adversity is our greatest teacher, period. And and you also have to be open to um, stepping into the crucible of I don't know everything. Yes. And there's always something to learn. And, and though, you know, it's seamless, you have a, an incredible culture where you're like, you provide all this training. But if we think about the average sales rep, a lot of them don't work for companies that do that. How, how does an average sales rep 
really step into this idea of I'm constantly training, just like an elite yeah. athlete. Not truly, I believe the sales professionals are the elite athletes of the business world. Oh, and, 100%. And, and an elite athlete is training sales every day, every day, every day. are the elite athletes of the business world, for sure. So how do you do that? Like, what's, what's, the, what's, the, um, what's the key? I think you have to exude being coachable. Okay. You know, uh, own your failures. Never play the victim game. Uh, exemplify extreme accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Always take the blame as a leader or as a salesperson for everything that goes bad and give all the credit to all of your people when anything goes well. Like, uh, and you just have to train, like, if you are not coachable, if you're not open to feedback, if you're not trying to improve, if you think you know everything, I just teach our, our company, if you think like that, you will lose. You will make far less. You will get promoted far less. You will be happier far less than if you were open to feedback, always trying to improve. And I also coach, a lot of people are uncoachable because they think we're in competition. Like mm -hmm. when I see you write a book and it's on the number one bestsellers list, you inspire me. I don't think, oh my gosh, if I get to the best, like if Jeb gets the bestsellers list, I can't be on the bestsellers list. I'm like, what can I learn from Jeb? And I called you and I was like, hey Jeb, I'm writing this book. How do I get to the bestsellers list? How do I write a book? I asked you, first question I asked you was like, how do you write a book? I want to write a sales book. And you, you gave me your, your mentorship. What was, what was my advice? Oh man, Just work your ass off. <laughs> it, was, it was like, work your ass off, write a lot, lock yourself up in a room. Um, it, it was, I, it was I told good. you, it's, it's, I said, it's hard to write a book. It's yeah. almost impossible to sell one. Yeah. And so you, you've covered both of those, uh, both of those, uh, those, those stepping stones because it really is, I mean, I'm in awe, like I'm in awe that, um, of anybody who's able to write a book and then you start seeing the sales and it consistently sells. That's the, like, that is to, for me, the mark of, you know, of a, of a great author, because it is so freaking hard. Like it is the, it is the, whatever it takes of all the things out there. It, it, yeah. Writing's tough. Selling a book. Well, you don't make any money from books. The only reason why you write a book is to serve other people. And, um, you know, like when, when we interviewed you and we wrote sales secrets, that book was crazy. You never want to do an interview book because then you got to do all the interviews then you got to transcribe the interviews. Then you have to write the interviews from what you learned on the interview. Like sales secrets took me two years to write. I wrote seven figure social selling and whatever it takes in the time I, I wrote sales secrets. Uh, and the only reason why you do these books is to serve. Like you want to help people. I love, I think it's like therapy or meditation for me to be like, Hey, what did I learn from this experience? How can I share what I learned? And if I could help one person become better, then it's worth it, which is kind of a crazy messed up way to think. And uh, I just love just helping a lot of people. And it's part of training. I've been trained by you and so many experts that have changed my life forever for the better that I wanna give back. What did I learn taking all the training to become a top entrepreneur and to be surrounded by all these game changers that work at Seamless? And what are we learning every day from successes, failures, and put it back out into the universe? And, you know, if, the more you give, the more you get. And, uh, you know, that that's why I love training and yeah, I contributing. Think, you know, and, and if you think about that from a book standpoint, the thing that always baffles me, and I and it's uh, it's funny about salespeople, um, I did this training video program and I looked at the, like all of I, this past weekend, I went all through reviews. So there's probably, which is hard to do. Yeah. There's, well, it's probably 120 of them. It's what, you know, it's, the hard thing is that a hundred and, you know, 18 of them are awesome. Yeah. Right. And then, and then there's the a couple of them, there's, you know, but you read the like one and two stars and it's like, oh, there was nothing new here. Or, um, yeah, I was looking for some secrets or, you know, I've heard all this before. And then right next to it, somebody said, I, if I, this changed was my the, life. Changed everything for me. This was the day I needed to see this. Yeah. And you, and you see the difference, you, you see the difference in people. It's like on Amazon, like you read a review mm -hmm. and they go, like they, they read one of Anthony's books and they'll go, well, nothing new here, you know, or, you know, and we support each other. You know, someone says something like just stupid and you go, what do you, I mean, what's wrong with you? There's nothing new here. Or even worse are the salespeople who say, I don't read books. Mm -hmm. 
And I think to yourself, you said, I took all this, all this information I've learned, multiple entrepreneur. I've, you know, I've failed. I've gone through adversity. I've been successful. I did, I put it in a book. And then, and the book costs like on Kindle, four bucks. Yeah. Anywhere from a dollar it. to 20 bucks. You don't read it. I mean, what is wrong with you? And oh, by the way, you can listen to it. Success clues. You know, like, so, like these are the cheat codes to success. And it's cheap. It's it cheap. 20 bucks and you get, you know, you get someone's, you know, the, the entirety of how they do business. Like for me, sales EQ. Mm. I, I made a video, like people, like people ask me like, who are you? And I go read my book. Yeah. Like I'm taking what's inside of me that I know that I've been successful at, that yeah. I've, you know, built a career on, built businesses on, and I gave it to you mm-hmm. exactly the way I do it. Yeah. And, and you go, oh, I'm too busy to read a book. So I think that, I think from a training standpoint that if there's one message, I think it's a strong message is that you have got to constantly invest in yourself. And even All if it looks like there's not something that you're getting out of it, what you described at Seamless is that you don't train, you repeat. We, we run the same plays every single day. And the reason we run those plays every single day is so that when you're in the middle of the game and the person says, I'm happy, you know exactly what to do, exactly what to say to get that meeting so that you can win that deal and you can take care of your family. I mean, that, that's the, it's repetition, 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 especially in a skills-based profession that is as close to athletics as, as any other part the of, closest of the business the world. world. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you look at Tom Brady, who, you know, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of, and, and he's a, a big inspiration, and I've been able to be in rooms around him and, and with him before um, with my new spot in Tampa, and, like, 50% of his time is watching game film, trying to study, how can I get better, how can I get better? When you talk about these bad reviews, these are people who are uncoachable, and they're not curious, if you're coachable and you're eager to train and improve and develop, you're, you're inherently curious. What can I learn from this person to get, become the best that I can be? And the tricky part about being curious, the only way that you can be curious is if you believe it's you versus you. If I think I'm in competition with Jeb and I can't learn anything from him and my goal is to beat him and for me to win and for Jeb to lose, it's gonna be very difficult for me to try to learn from Jeff. But if you're only in competition with yourself, not the, the number one person at your company or the number one competitor in the space, you're trying to beat yourself every single day. So every single person, this is why people would ask me like, oh, why do you follow that sales expert? Why are you talking to this sales author? Why are you working, trying to study this sales org at this, in this industry? I'm trying to learn from everyone. Success leaves clues. Every single person has been through a different experience that I can learn from to get to the next level of the game. My game right now is I'm generating tens of millions of dollars. I need to beat Mark Benioff, zero to 100 million in ARR in 5.2 years or less. And uh, for me to do that with our team, I need to learn from everyone and I need to be only trying to beat myself and you gotta be curious and you gotta always try to improve. And, and you know how timeless is success leaves clues. Aristotle said this. Mm. So the, and the and, you know, ancient Greeks had already figured out that someone's already done it, right? And it's there. Just pay attention. All right. Number Pillar number five. five. Pillar number five is is simple yet difficult to execute every day of the week. And this is activity. You could have the right mindset. You could have the largest, most perfect list of leads. You could have the greatest scripts in the world. You could have the best training. But if you're not actually selling and prospecting and calling and emailing and booking appointments and pitching and closing and doing sales discovery and follow-up and doing the marketing and the, and, and the you know, multi-channel sales campaigns, you're not going to sell anything to anyone. Uh, you can't study and build lists and watch training and write scripts like you have to go and contact people using every channel possible and and literally just do an insane amount of activity. And especially during the time with the recession coming and it's here, already here, I believe you need to put in 300 to 500% the activity just to generate the same results this year that you had to do last year. That's that whatever it takes mindset. Yeah. I had the emergency meeting during COVID. I said, we're gonna have to do, work 300 to 500% more just to make the same amount of results. 
And luckily we did that and we grew 300 to 500%. And here it's like activity, 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 because once you have everything else, you, all you need to do is put it down, now go execute. Too many people will like read the book and then do nothing. What, uh, someone at my company who I love, and he's, he's a big um, accountability partner, he would read all these random books that like had nothing to do with what he was going to accomplish next. And I'm like, dude, you know what I do? I was like, I read books on my biggest problem so that I can learn how to solve it and overcome that biggest challenge, like the value bridge, current state, future state. How do I go to that magical island of all of my goals and dreams and desires and remove all of my pains, problems and challenges? I'm reading and studying and executing to do that. And they were just reading and studying just for fun. And I'm like, if you will actually apply this to solve your problems, to achieve your goals and dreams, you'll be ultra successful. They started going all in, boom, skyrocketed. And the same, same with this activity. You just got to go all out. I, I think that's absolutely true about uh, recessions. And I just go back to, and it was a really long sort of melees in the economy, but 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. Brutal. I worked as hard as I'd ever worked in my life, basically treading water. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sinking. I was She's treading amazing. water and it She's was, you know, and it set up the success of, you know, Salesgrove is 14 years old. So we, Salesgrove was born in the middle of that recession uh, because I was, I was in a place where the boats had been burned and it was a whatever it takes moment because mm. you're either going to, you're either going to, you know, swim or you're going to die. Like That's it was what it. makes was, you or breaks you. Know, that you was right it. There. So, but I think that, I think you've nailed it. I think activity is everything. You have to be doing things. And the way that, that i you know, look at activity in a moment, especially when you're in that situation where you've got to think about a question I asked you earlier about, you got to have something to focus on. Yep. The, the secret of activity is discipline <laughs> and discipline. All discipline is, is sacrificing what you want now for what you want most. I mean, that is really, if you think the, the formula for I'm willing to do what it takes to get here, yeah. but if you don't know what it is that you want most, go back to you setting goals yeah, you're not going to get there. But and this is what's important. You might know what you want most, but if you don't have a map to get there, you got to go train, right? You got to go learn. You got to go find someone who's already gone there and done that. And then, especially if you're in sales, you got to have that list, right? You got to be able to go mm -hmm. back and find the people to talk to, but you got to be willing to do that. And if you don't have that thing that you want more, you're never going to get there because you're going to sit at home, watch cat videos. You're yeah. going to play videos or what you want most is to sit around and sulk because you just lost everything or something's going wrong. So you've got the luxury of sitting around. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Playing the victim game. Or, or, or complaining to the boss or you know telling yourself that you don't have time for the activity. Man, I'm telling you something. I got lit mm -hmm. up last week because I was sitting in front of a group of salespeople and you know I got a couple of them telling me that they can't prospect because they don't have any time. You know, And I'm Jeez. looking at them going... Tell me what else is important in your life. Your job is a salesperson. It is to close new deals. Anthony says this. It is to, I'm just, Anthony Anarino is sitting off stage right now. So he's, he's listening. I'm looking at him, but he, he's, he told me on the way out because I called him about this. He goes, it's to, your job is to go find opportunity and pursue opportunity. I say it's putting stuff into the pipe and moving it through the pipe. That's mm -hmm. it. And then, and if you think about that, everything else is academic. So when it comes to activity, isn't it important that you know exactly what you want to get to and you're able to laser focus and dial in to only those activities that matter the most and everything else you can ignore? Yeah, hundred percent. It's like, you know, if I break down the, the hundred million dollar goal, I know I need 32,000 in, in MRR a day. I know how many appointments I need a day. I know how many leads I need a day. I know how many sales I need a day. And then guess what? Like, and the way that you do that is there's 265 sales days in a year. Like if you, if you exclude the weekends, there's 265 sales days in a year, which already makes you go from the 365 to the 265. You're like, shit, that's gone. One third, one fourth of the year is completely shot. So then whatever your goal is, divide that. That gives you by 265. That gives you the daily leads, appointments, and sales that you need to be successful. And then the, the, the difference between the most successful and, and others is just, like you said, the discipline, which I also label consistency. Yep. Like daily activity repeated in and out. How many leads did I go after? How many calls did I make? How many emails? How many social touches? How many meetings did I pitch? And how many deals I follow up and close on? It's cons like consistency, which is hard. Every day, every, every day. Every day, every day separates the winners from the rest. 
And, and I think with activity, there's, there's three like factors to it. One, do I have the knowledge that I need, like the game plan to execute the activity? Then it's actually the act, like doing the activity. And I believe the only thing that holds you back from the knowledge and the activity is, is fear. Like the majority of us, like we don't do things because of fear. Like the reason like we were talking about launching our event because you got the big outboundconference.com best sales event of the year coming here in September in Atlanta. And I already started talking to you. I'm like, man, we want to do our own customer event to celebrate all of our customers, but we're scared. We don't know how. I'm like, dude, knowledge, I, got, I know we need to run an event. I got to figure out how do we run an event. And then I got to take the action and overcome the fear that holds me back. Activity, like fear kills more dreams and opportunity than anything else will. And you just got to realize like face everything and rise up, but you know, false events appearing real, whatever the fear is or, or the mentality that you've got, the victim game, the blame game, cut that shit out, overcome the fear, just take the action and do it. Uh, and you'll be successful if you've got the mindset, the list, the scripts, the training and the activity. And you do those five things. If it's worth doing once, I believe it's worth doing daily. So let's close out and, and wrap this up with a, a little bow on activity and fear. And that's faith. Mm-hmm. So it's back to believing in yourself and believing in the process. Because the thing about activity is that in any situation, especially some of the things and when you tell the story of, you know, I had a successful business and then I blew one up. Yeah. So, um, but then you got to start over again. And when you're in a hole, mm, man, it's, it's a hopeful place because it looks like the climb out is so far yeah. that you can't get out. Yeah. It, but if you were to talk to someone, let's say climbing a mountain, they would say, just focus on the next step. Mm-hmm. The thing about activity is that if you're doing the right activity, just go back to successfully as clues, doing the activity a day is not going to generate results. Like, yeah, hey, the wrong activity. Dude, I had a prospecting block and then they go, but I didn't get anything from it. So I don't, I'm, it's got to be something else. I'm like, no, you got to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not one prospecting block. It's the cumulative impact mm-hmm. of a little bit of activity done consistently every single day back to discipline. Yeah. It's, it's, it adds up over time. You know, when I started sales gravy, I basically was at the bottom of the bottom of my barrel. And, you know, in the middle of the worst financial crisis of my entire lifetime, everything that I knew to be solid foundational in my life had been completely ripped away. Wow. And the only thing that I knew how to do was sell stuff. So I had this great idea and my first idea sucked and it failed and I had to start over again. I didn't change the name of the company. It just changed the strategy. But, but it took, you know, you know, go back, go all the way to like 2011, 2012. So, you know, we're talking in four years wow. of, you know, of believing in it and grinding out and, you know, nights where I know you've been there where like I didn't sleep. Oh, and there, yeah. there are like, there are months at a time that I don't even remember because I wasn't, I was just basically running on fumes, but I knew the right things to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I, I thought I was doing a bunch of wrong things. Mm-hmm. It was just that the right things to do, doing a little every day were hard. Yeah. It wasn't easy. Challenging. But hard. that goes back to faith. If I know what I want and I believe in the system, like, it, like if I if I said, let's work on scripts for the top five objections that I'm going to get. And we worked them together. And you said, these are the five scripts I use, Jeb. They're, they're going to work. Mm-hmm. And I went out and made one call. And I got a, I'm happy. And I tried your script and it didn't work. And I went back and said, well, Brandon, that didn't work. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that a lot of people treat the world. You'd say, Go make a hundred calls and then come back and tell me how many times it worked. And I would say, do that for 21 days or 30 days straight. Don't tell me it didn't work until you've done it for 30 days straight. That's what I think the, one of the problems is it's fear and it's the unwillingness to maybe this is pun intended, do whatever it takes. Like Mm -hmm. the willingness to, to, to get up every day and, and crush through that pain. And then it, when it didn't work that day to get up and do it again, because you know the right thing to do. And that's what training does for you. Training tells you this is the path that you're supposed to be on. So does coachability. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you, you just gotta, you just gotta develop the plan and, and execute it re- repeatedly, no matter what. And I think faith comes with Consistency. I think faith mm-hmm. comes with like learning and having the knowledge, you know, like the success leaves clues. You've got, 
you know, the technologies that teach you what you need to do. You've got the, the books out there. You've got the courses, the masterminds, all of these things tell you what you need to do. Like every problem someone in the world has experienced, except for like Elon Musk trying to launch rockets and land them back down. It, every problem had books written about them except for that. That's like the one thing that's never been done before, selling or marketing or entrepreneurship or building companies. Like there's a million experts, like there's a million pieces of content that will tell you what to do. Find the top experts, study what they've done to be successful, model them, and then go execute on that, leveraging the right mindset, the list, the scripts, the activity and the training, and you'll be golden. And you gotta do it every day. Like I, I think about it as athletes, right? Kobe Bryant, 4 a.m. every day, went to practice, practiced for two hours, took a break, went back to practice for two hours, took a break, went back to practice for two hours, took a break. This guy did this seven days a week. He was an animal. Tom Brady studies game film 50% of his time every single day of the week on the, the opponents. So it's, it's daily action, repeated over time, setting a big goal. And uh, having the right lists and the right scripts and the right activity, you, you can do anything. You're unstoppable as long as you do whatever it takes. I love it. Brandon Borninson, the best-selling, number one best-selling author of the book, Whatever It Takes. You got to go pick that up. You can listen to it. You can read it on Kindle. You can yeah. you can uh, read the hard copy. Uh, before we close out uh, a commercial, so don't, don't, don't just... Keep listening. Outbound Conference, you're going to be speaking from the main stage this year. Yeah. Uh, tell us about um, why people, I'm going to let you run the commercial, okay. why people should come to Outbound to see you. I've built uh, a nine-figure net worth and a company worth over a billion dollars by studying and learning from the top sales experts in the world. By, by having the list with Seamless and learning from the best sales experts, you apply the list with the right expertise and the right training and the right activity. You could literally sell anything to anyone. You could build any company that changes the world, you name it. Many of these experts that I've learned from are speaking at the conference and they're gonna be there. Jeb Blunt, Anthony Inarino, Victor Antonio, Amy Franco, Meredith. We've got Mark Hunter, Daniel Disney, like these are people that have that have taught me so many of the greatest secrets that I've leveraged to build one of the fastest growing SaaS companies in the world. So when Jeb was talking about the agenda for Outbound Conference, I'm like, these are all the people that helped mentor me. I was like, we gotta be a part of it. And the main reason why I wanna be a part of it is because we're obsessed with customer success at Seamless.ai. We wanna help our customers go from zero to 100K and win our six-figure club award. Six-figure club award to go to the seven-figure million-dollar President's Club Award. We ship you this $1,000 award. Seven figures to eight-figure award, which means you've generated over $10 million in sales, and then from eight figures to nine figures. And I was looking, I was like, success leaves clues. I'm like, what are some of the fastest ways I could help our customers go from zero to 100, 100 to a million, million to, to 10 million, 10 million to 100 million. If they've got seamless, what else is missing? And it's the training and the expertise. Well, what's the number one conference that has all that training and expertise so that they can apply it immediately today to win these awards at presidentsclubawards.com? That's outbound. So when you're thinking about what are you, what are you missing right now in your life, in your business, with your team, with your salespeople, with your SDRs, your AEs, your VPs, maybe your marketing team, Maybe your C-suite just doesn't know what to do because you're stuck, you're missing your quota year after year. You're losing budget, you're losing market share to your competitors and you don't have the answers. Outboundconference.com, the speakers, the agenda, the education, the networking, your net worth is your network. You gotta go to outboundconference.com. The best of the best speakers, the best of the best training, the best of the best education, the best of the best people are gonna be there. The best of the best tech like Seamless is gonna be there. That's why I sponsored it. And that's why we're excited to be a title sponsor because we only want the best for our customers and outboundconference.com offers that. Very good. That was better than I could do it. All right, everybody. See you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast. Mm -hmm.